The What's This Full House Edition podcast is part of the What's This Edition podcast network, where you can check out other great shows like the What's This Disney Edition podcast, where Amy and Savannah go really deep into the Walt Disney collection from start to finish. So check out those other great shows on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and other really great platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I am on a mission of sorts to go through every Full House episode in order and break it all down to give you the full feel of what Full House is all about. From character analysis to even a psychological breakdown, I am determined to get through all eight seasons of this phenomenal show. As always, I am your host, Amy, and thanks for joining me and becoming a part of my Full House family. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the What's This Full House Edition podcast. As always, I am your host, Amy, and today is the day. Today is the day. Okay. So we know what today is, right? I hope so. It is the season one finale, everybody. This is it. This is it. Okay. This is episode 22, DJ Tanner's Day Off. Ooh. So this one was written by Kim Weiskopf, which we've seen her before, and a new guy, Michael S. Baser. I've never heard of him, but here he is on this one. Hopefully we'll see him again as well. So this one was directed by Joel Zwick, our famous Joel Zwick here on this one. And the, uh, this one originally um, aired on May the 6th, 1988. So if you kind of, if you kind of put together the pieces of kind of how a school year kind of runs. So if you read the description... Um, it indicates that DJ skips school, which I'll do the description in just a moment. So this is towards the end of her school year. So this is kind of interesting. You know, she's skipping in like the last portion of the school year. Okay. And then we're going to have summertime and coming up here at the beginning of, uh, I would guess in the beginning of season two, pretty sure it is. Okay, so now here is the description. So after Danny goes to L.A. to cover a surfing competition, Joey and Jesse are left in charge to handle the girls and the household responsibilities. But after DJ skips school, Danny may never forgive Jesse and Joey again. Okay, so I wanted to... Kind of, I'm going to talk about kind of where we go here in this scene. The first scene, we have DJ, and she's in her room. She's this preteen girl in her room dancing to this song with, like, a hairbrush as a microphone. And I didn't know the song, so I was just like, oh, this is a jam. You know, it's very a very 80s song, very 80s. So she's clearly enjoying herself there, and, you know, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to deny that I never did that because every girl in their life has ran around her bedroom with the, the hairbrush as a microphone. And don't you deny it either. I know you did it too. 
and it was so fun and we didn't care. We were girls. It was fine. So there's, yeah, really nothing weird about it. It's just fun. Then like Kimmy enters her room and okay, so we have Kimmy's back for this, for this episode here. So I just want to pause here for just a moment and go back to see what other episodes Kimmy starred in in this season. So we have this one here, episode 22. We have episode 18, just one of the guys. Um, episode 16, but seriously, folks. Episode 12, our very first promo. And episode 3, our first it's first day of school. So she's in one, two, three, four, five episodes in season one. I think that's pretty impressive for kind of this minor-ish ish character starting out and I really like how they started to like incorporate her a lot more throughout the show and I mean she just turns into a fan favorite so I really like her back for this one we're keeping it going here so Kimmy comes in and she turns the music off and then she continues to start laughing at DJ for a moment until she's like laughing at her and and DJ's like what, you never did this before? And Kimmy's like, not like that. And I mean, what does that even mean? I, I didn't get that when she said that. What does that even mean? I, uh, I just, not like that when she was like, eh, I'm not like that. Okay, well, whatever. It's Kimmy. Maybe she just does it a weirder way because she's Kimmy. Okay, so Kimmy shows her this note dismissing her from school the next day so she can go get this singer they like. Stacy Q is her name. I guess she's going to be at the mall. And she's going to be doing autographs. So Kimmy goes on to explain that her big brother, her big brother, and I'm pretty sure this is the first time she's ever mentioned she's had a brother. A big brother. So keep this in mind as we move on in, in later seasons. So she also states that her parents are in Vegas. Keep this in mind, too. Since throughout the series, we never really see her parents. It's actually one of the biggest mysteries of the, of the whole show. And so she says her, her brother wrote it for her, and it cost her $20 to get this note done. But then she's like, oh, I took the money from his wallet. Okay, that's such a Kimmy thing to do. So it was a fake written note about the family bunny having babies and that they wanted Kimmy to be off school so she could share in the miracle. <laughs> and DJ wants to see if maybe this can happen for her too. I mean, not in that very specific way, but uh, in a way, yeah. So Stephanie walks in and wants to know what the girls are talking about. And of course, she wants to be involved and talk and play too. And DJ's like, your world is down here. Ours is up here. And so being this smart aleck that Stephanie is, she pulls a chair over and stands on it, making it seem like to her now that she's a part of their world because she's now tall enough. <laughs> it just, it's such a Stephanie thing 
to do. Absolutely. And now we see a scene change here where we are now in the living room where we see Danny, Joey, Michelle, and Jesse. And note, Jesse is writing down on like a little notebook. Like he's writing in this little notebook, but there's more going on here. Joey is holding Michelle and Danny is calling for the girls to come down and say goodbye. Danny is going, has a list of uh, phone numbers that he's going to give Joey and Jesse in case they need them when he goes to LA, which honestly, shouldn't, shouldn't they already have all of these phone numbers listed somewhere or already know who to call? I mean, really? These guys are babysitting like all the time and should like already have them handy in case of emergency. Okay, so I'm going to go through the list here. The first one he talks about, the pediatrician. Come on, please. Jesse and Joey already called the pediatrician. In episode seven, knock yourself out. When Danny is covering the boxing match and Michelle is at home with a cold and they give her her cough medicine and all of that. So, why? 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 Okay. Let's move on. Deep breath. Okay. Next is grandma. Okay. There are three possibilities for this one, though. Danny's mother, Claire. But we know she lives in, an, in a completely different state. Joey's mother, Mindy, who's more than likely gambling somewhere, probably gambling it up with, with Kimmy's parents in, in Vegas, for all we know. And then there's Jesse's mother, Irene, the one that we have talked about before, being the only one really available in the area to possibly come babysit. Or so when the guys like when the guys are busy or if they go out of town or if there's an emergency. So now to make my point of all of this, so why would Danny supply them? with the number for the women that they all know. Why would they not have it already? I just don't understand this. I, I don't understand this. Okay, let's move on. Next on the list is the police and the fire department. Now, how hard is it to memorize 911? Nine. One, one. I can't, I can't take it. I can't do this. I can't do it anymore. All right, bye. I can't, I can't do it. Okay, another deep breath. Okay, I'm good. Danny then says the other grandma. Now, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not even gonna go there. Not even going there. Okay, next is poison control, which, I mean, is obviously important, but 
you know, shouldn't that be posted somewhere like on the fridge or, you know, by the phone or something? Why did Danny go out of his way to write all of these out? Okay. Next is the dentist, which why they should, they should also have this number considering they have called TJ's dentist before in episode 10, Joey's place. When Jesse has to take DJ to the dentist, I'm sure at some point they had communicated and the number for that office was posted somewhere. But let's, let's move on before my head literally explodes. Okay. From, okay, Danny goes on to say that this is his first night away from the girls ever overnight and that maybe he was overreacting, you think, with all the phone numbers. The girls come down along with Kimmy and he's going around to each of them saying he'll miss them and then continues to hug Kimmy since she was just kind of like in the line and, you know, Danny was on a roll. So he just hugged her and said, I'll miss you, and hugged her as well, which, you know, speaks volumes after everything and after the last episode of even Fuller House, if you see that little hug between the two of them, it's so cute. And so anyway, Stephanie even says, Daddy, take it easy. You're hugging other people's kids. And so Danny reminds them that Jesse and Joey are in charge and so now Jesse and Joey say, okay, it's time for bed. Let's go. And so they take Stephanie and Michelle and they go upstairs. Stephanie even asks Jesse if she can stay up 15 extra minutes. And he says, absolutely not. He gives her like this hand signal, like she can, like the okay signal, like underneath, like down low so she can see it, you know? It is interesting to me that... Danny would trust them after what happened. If you remember, let's go way back to episode number two, our very first night when Jesse had the band come over and they all like stayed up and, and, and partied until late that night. And now Danny isn't even mentioning it or thinking about it. And I know though that Danny is going away for work purposes and that he can't help it like he doesn't really have a choice like he has to go so he really doesn't you know have a choice and and he to leave Joey and Jesse in charge at this time so Danny starts to say goodbye to DJ but then stops she stops him to ask if she can go get Stacy Q's autograph at the mall so this Stacy Q person is apparently the you know the 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 musician that we've talked about briefly, that she's going to be at the mall the next day signing autographs and she wants to go. And so Danny initially says, yeah, but when he finds out that she'll miss school, he says no and explains to her that they all have jobs and his job is to go to LA to cover a surfing competition. So that's the reason he's leaving. And her job is to go to school. So DJ continues to question it and states that Kimmy gets to go. And Danny even is like, I don't know why Kimmy is missing school, but there's a lot about Kimmy that I don't understand. So, so far we've seen Kimmy 
she's a little bit of like this oddball right from the start. You're just kind of like curious about her as a as a character. You're like, well, what has she got that no one else has so far in this show? And the stuff that she talks about, even from the start, doing with her family or, you know, her brother or her whatever. Like, there's just this curiosity about Kimmy that... And, and then when you find more about her, like, throughout, you're just kind of like, yeah, she's a weirdo. But, like, the best kind of weirdo and the best kind of weirdo friend. Like, as we go on here, I'll touch a little bit more on Kimmy. But, um... Danny's like really paying close attention, you know, to Kimmy even from the start. He knows that Kimmy's probably not the best um, friend DJ could be choosing to hang out with. And as you know, throughout the series, I mean, Danny's always telling DJ like, go make new friends, you know, have fun at school, make new friends. Like he's trying to kind of boot Kimmy out. And, you know, as hard as he may try, that surely does not happen. And for um, that, that's good for all of us who love the show and love Kimmy like myself. So now, okay, DJ tells her dad that if she doesn't get this autograph, she'll die. And um, I noticed this because back in episode Just One of the Guys, when... Um, they're out at the park playing uh, football. Kimmy says if she's not on Steve's team, she'll die. And I kind of was like, this is this is interesting because now DJ is using that same like phraseology, I guess, that Kimmy used a few episodes ago. So it shows that Kimmy has this kind of, inf not influence, but maybe like an inspiration to DJ in a way. So they use the same phrasing. And I think that's interesting because best friends actually do that a lot. And um, I like how if that was put in there um, intentionally for that reason, I think that's really creative and a nice way for them to, uh, to play on both of their, the friendships there. So um, moving on here, um, Danny then kindly reassures her that uh, no one has ever died from lack of autograph. So that's such a parent thing to say, you know, kind of shutting down her excuses. Um, so DJ is clearly upset at him saying no, but it's understandable. You know, Danny, as Danny's leaving, he says, uh, you know, see you tomorrow afternoon. And so she's, she's like, really? So now... Now she's she, as a preteen girl, she's she's got to find a way around this, you know, no way, no way is she going to take no for an answer on this. So he's like, see you tomorrow afternoon. So keep that in mind, too, as we go throughout the next day here, we're going to go into the next day. But but right now she turns around after Danny leaves and looks Kimmy looks at looks at Kimmy and um, she's like, this isn't over yet. Like she looks at Kimmy for like reassurance and 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 you know Kimmy um had already done her plan with her brother writing the fake note and all that that she's looking for Kimmy looking at Kimmy for answers right now and so they she's like we're going to come up with a plan 
to evade what my dad just said to me, and we're going to go to the mall anyways. So there are there are many different points to to DJ's plan here. So her first step is to come up with a quote unquote the interview of who she admires the most. So we're now this is like the next like morning. So Danny leaves. It's night. The girls go to bed next morning. Okay. DJ's first step in her master plan is to do this interview of who she admires the most. So she knows, like she knows Jesse, Uncle Jesse was a rebellious kid and he would be the one to go to for this kind of manipulation tactic, I I guess. So she... She's already thought all of this through, which is actually quite genius, I just gotta say. Um, She goes into his room, he's playing guitar, and as you can see, he's looking at the same notebook he had earlier in the living room, so it kind of shows he was working on writing a song. DJ goes on to ask him questions about what things he did as a kid and how he got away with them. But in a very subtle way, like she knew exactly how to ask these questions as to not give herself away or seem suspicious. Like, uh, we've never seen this kind of behavior from from her or any of the other kids now at this point. Like she is she is thinking this through like full blown knows exactly what she's going to do. So DJ compliments him like excessively and he knows now that she's that she wants something and he doesn't even care like he's willing to just give her whatever she she's wanting like because he's he's the uncle and you know gosh he's the and he'll pretty much just bow down to like whatever you know whatever she wants He instantly opens up to her about his childhood and refers to himself as a rebel munchkin. He talks about how he would skip school occasionally and in particular a time where he was dying to see the Rolling Stones farewell concert. But before we get into that, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back right after this. All right, welcome back. Okay, so we're now at the part where Jesse's explaining to DJ that he had skipped school occasionally, and there was a particular time here where he was dying to see the Rolling Stones farewell concert. And if my research, because you know me, naturally, I had to go on a nationwide manhunt to find the concert that Jesse wanted to go to. So if my research is correct, it was a concert either on July 15th or 16th of 1975 in San Francisco, part of the Rolling Stones Tour of the Americas 75, or it's a concert on July 26th, 1978, also known as Day on the Green number four. So anyways, it's one of those shows, I can almost guarantee it, those were the only shows around um, DJ's, or Jesse's, like, teen years that the Rolling Stones played in San Francisco. So, right, 
this is what Jesse did. He goes on to say that he faked a cold to get out of school. And I'm just going to point this out, well, because I have to, that these concerts in question were in July, in the middle of the summer. So Jesse wouldn't have been in school. That's the only part of this that made no sense to me. I'm like, he's trying to get out of school, but it's the summer. So I, I don't, I don't know about that. So he goes on to tell her that he faked the cold. His mom called the school to excuse him, then convinced his mom he was all better. And since she had already called the school, he was off the hook, which I don't know why she just didn't call the school back to tell them that he was better and could go to school. That again, I, I don't get but DJ is now done taking her notes and leaves the room. She goes, she got all the info that she wanted for her perfect ditch plan. So now we are at eight minutes, 51 seconds, and we see DJ's in the bathroom, it looks like, trying to fake her sickness. She has a heating pad on her head, a popsicle. She's holding popsicles in each hand, and she's smelling an onion to get her eyes the perfect shade of red and puffy. She also has a thermometer underneath the heating pad, like sticking out from the heating pad. So it's like the right temperature enough to fool them into thinking she has a fever. She fakes feeling sick, even in front of Stephanie. And Stephanie believes it too. She says, I'll get Joey. You just need some peace and quiet. Then yells, at the top of her lungs, Joey, Joey, get in here, get in here. <laughs> so Joey runs in to see that DJ is sick and he decides that it won't be a good idea for her to go to school. Note also, at this point, Stephanie offers DJ juice. And I thought this was so curious because as you, as you know, um, episode 15, A Pox in Our House, is one of my favorite episodes. So I've seen it like a thousand times. And when, Je when Stephanie here offers DJ juice, it just, it just like I had like an epiphany. Um, DJ did the same thing for her in episode 15, A Pox in Our House, when Stephanie had the chicken pox and DJ brought her a whole big tray of juice. Do you remember that? So I thought that was so cute that it's like a sister care for another sister type of thing. And like Stephanie was like inspired by that kind of thing that DJ did for her. Now Stephanie is doing the same for DJ now, even though DJ's lying about the whole thing. Um, but DJ's excited that she was able to pull it off. Then we see Joey in the kitchen. Like uh, we have like a small scene change here and it's a short little scene um but joey's in the kitchen doing the dishes when dj comes running down the stairs and she appears to be all better and says she wants to go to school he's like freeze i know exactly what you're doing and she's like oh no you do but he has the wrong idea he says that she felt guilty about faking being sick and missing the test on Canada that she finally broke down and was going to be honest. But we all know that that is not the case here. But she then turns to, or tells him that she's off to school and to take to go take the test. 
and leaves the house. She just leaves the house. Like, who is picking her up? She doesn't drive. She's too young. This is another thing, another question of this, because she just walks out the front door. I mean, um, I was questioning it myself. I said, well, 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 did she like call a cab or does she know that Kimmy is home and maybe Kimmy's brother is going to take him? Um, who knows? I mean, they never do say how uh, how this happens. She, it, just, it just does, I guess. OK, so now Joey tells Michelle that Danny is going to be so proud of him, um, of how he's taking care of things, which, yeah, he just is so, he's so like, he doesn't know that she's manipulating him. Uh, uh, he should have learned. He should know this. I think he just wants to believe in her so bad and doesn't think she would ever do such a thing. And he just wants to trust her in being honest and about going to school, but she's totally not. And that's the problem here. So at 12 minutes, 12 seconds, we see a new set here, a music store at the mall is what it appears to be. And a big line of people awaiting to receive autographs from their favorite singer, Stacy Q. So Kimmy is now with DJ in the music store. So that kind of, I mean, plays into better that DJ, when she left the house, just went next door to Kimmy's house and maybe Kimmy's brother brought them to the mall. So Kimmy is also here, like I said, which makes me believe more that, yep, her brother took her and Kimmy was already home and they obviously had talked and came up with this whole scheme together anyway. So really it was like Kimmy's mastermind manipulation on DJ to then master manipulate Joey and Stephanie. Okay, so really this whole thing is Kimmy's fault. I'm just saying. So they meet with Stacy Q and get her autograph. Yes, the end, goodbye. But no, they get the autograph. They're standing there celebrating afterwards. And DJ looks over to like the door to see Joey and Michelle coming into the store. Like they're there and she's freaked, she's freaked out and her and Kimmy go run and hide behind this cardboard cutout of, of Stacy Q that's sitting there by the table. Like come meet with Stacy Q and get her autograph today at this music store. Okay. They run back behind it. Um, and I thought this was so funny because Joey puts Michelle on like a leash and I'm like, can you not wrangle one baby without a leash, Joey? That I'm like, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason behind the leash that we'll get to in a second. But I just was I was like, why does why does Joey have Michelle on a leash? He didn't he can't watch her a single a single baby without a leash. I, you know, whatever. So Michelle, he puts Michelle down and Michelle notices DJ behind the cutout and DJ's trying to like move her hands and like deter her away from her but Michelle can't help it Michelle's like oh my word like pointing and her mouth is open like so DJ takes Michelle's Benny the dish rag that we're familiar with and throws it to get Michelle to go away and now Michelle thinks 
DJ is playing like a like fetch with her. And then Michelle like brings back Benny the Dish Rag and so on and so forth. So remember, we were introduced to this beloved dish rag um, back in episode 17, Danny's very first date, where Jesse and Joey are trying to build that playhouse for Michelle, but she's not interested and she just wants this dish rag to play with. We talked about how this... Benny was her comfort item. A lot of kids have something like that. So this dish rag was her thing. We don't know why. It just is. And um, it's not like a stuffed animal. It's literally a, like a kitchen towel. There's no explanation ever about why this is her attached you know, item. But it just is. And I guess the family decided to name it Benny for some reason. So... I believe also Benny comes back in other episodes as well, but let's move on. And so now Joey asks the young lady in line to keep his place so he can go get Michelle, who's still back behind the cutout, you know, with DJ Kimmy or back there. So he goes over to get Michelle and to his surprise, finds DJ and Kimmy both hiding behind the cutout. So he immediately questions as to why she is there, takes the, takes the autograph right out of her hand, and she asks him the same question. She's like, why are you here? But he answers that he was so proud of her honesty that he came down to the mall to get her the autograph to show his appreciation for that, which makes her now feel even more guilty, okay, so Joey then, this is the reasoning behind the leash, okay? So Joey then attaches Michelle's leash onto DJ and tells her, we are going home. And walks her and Kimmy out of the store. Let, let's just pause here for a moment and, exp and, and talk about why, why Joey said not a single word to Kimmy. She's the one who helped come up with the plan, manipulate Joey and Stephanie. Um, she's the one who had the note from the start, who gave the idea to DJ to begin with. She's there with DJ, caught red-handed along with her, and Joey just stands there scolding DJ. I mean, if this were me and my best friend and my friend's mother came in and seen us there, she would be yelling at me as well. And she would be threatening to tell my parents and everything else. Joey says not one word to Kimmy this entire exchange, which kind of blows my mind in a way. Because Kimmy is as guilty, or if not more guilty, of this whole thing. It's just a little bit annoying. Because right now, in this moment, DJ's the only one getting scolded and Kimmy's just standing there like a moron, you know, not even saying anything to DJ, not even trying to say, you know, this was my plan from the start, you know, she, you know, she was going along with me, like, this is my idea. Nope, nope. Kimmy doesn't say a word, Joey doesn't say a word, and now they're being escorted out of the store by Joey. Well, DJ's being ex escorted by a leash. So now we have a scene change here where we are back at the house 
and Jesse enters quite quickly. He's wearing his exterminator uniform, everybody, so he's clearly been at work today, and Joey had called him and said that there was an emergency, which I don't know why he just didn't explain it over the phone, but Jesse races home, and Joey tells him that DJ skipped school and that she tried to be tried to fake being sick and that she was just automatically better and Jesse starts to realize that this plan came from him and that he was the one who gave her that idea and he even admitted to giving her that idea so I mean either way I think if Jesse hadn't given her that idea she would have came up with something else Anyway, because she wanted that autograph so bad that she was willing to say and do anything to do so. And I think right here, Jesse's feeling like super guilty for planting that idea, but he's got to realize she would have done anything. So it's not really his fault. Also, note here, Jesse's eating chicken, fried chicken here, which is uh, his go-to snack that we talked about at the, um, oh my word, uh, what, was it the last episode commentary that we talked about it? It was uh, Jeff Franklin had mentioned that uh, this was John Stamos's like go-to snack um, throughout season one. So here he is seen, um, he's seen eating some fried chicken, which is pretty cool. But uh, okay, so both Jesse and Joey use the term conniving little sneak. They say, oh, that conniving little sneak. And I remember this specifically because we hear it in another one of my favorite episodes, episode 13, Sisterly Love. And I remembered that exact terminology was used in that episode when Jesse and Joey are talking about Stephanie to DJ after Stephanie lands that Oatboats commercial. And if you want to hear more about that, you can check out episode 13, Sisterly Love, when they're saying, um, that conniving little sneak, grab your pitchforks, pitchforks and drive her into the night. You know, they're talking about it. It's so funny. It's so funny. So they use that term again here, conniving little sneak, but they are actually referring to DJ in this one, not Stephanie. All right, back to the episode here. Jesse then realizes that DJ played him too with the fake admiration essay. So that whole essay of, oh, you inspire me the most and I need to write an essay about you. That was completely made up. That was not even for school for nothing. So Jesse and Joey talk amongst themselves on what they can do since Danny's out of town and... Um, I was kind of, uh, looking at what kind of time it was now during the day, because it is that next day, Danny's due to come home this afternoon and it's already kind of pushing the afternoon timeline. It's still, it's probably maybe even, you know, 1130 in the morning, maybe. So Joey goes on to say that his, that his dad would sit him down and talk about right and wrong for hours and hours until eventually Joey would just beat the heck out of himself. Which this floored me, guys, floored me when he said that about his dad, because 
I don't know if we've ever heard Joey talk about his dad until now. I'd have to go back and find that out. But I was like, what? He would just talk about right and wrong for hours and hours until he beat the heck out of himself. I know in this, in this scene here, he was like intending this to be a joke. But you know I'm going to break this apart because that's just who I am. But what we know about Joey and his upbringing so far, he usually uses his misfortunes in a joking manner to help the hurting he has. So did he just admit in a non-direct way that his dad used to beat him? That's kind of what I got from this. And when he said that, I just stared at the TV with my mouth open. I was like, are you kidding me right now? So I was just, that's just something um, that we can note about Joey's upbringing that, you know, what if that really wasn't, wasn't a joke? You know, he, he does this often. He uses these things that happen to him, these bad things that happen to him, and he creates a joke within it to lighten the mood or to help that he's hurting inside. And he's trying to, like, lighten it up. And here, I was just like, oh, my goodness, are you serious right now? So we'll keep that in mind um, when, we do our, uh, when we do our special episode coming up. So that's going to be great. And we'll get, um, I'll talk about that more a little bit towards the end of today's episode. So let's get back into it. Then they go on to practice their dad faces, which is actually a little funny. Uh, they enter DJ's room. She says sorry and says she blew it and she'll never do anything like this again. But regardless of her apology, there are consequences for her actions. So they have to carry them out. Jesse and Joey have to have to punish because Danny isn't there. But according to when he said he would be back, like I said, it should be relatively soon. So the punishment, Joey starts off with no TV for two weeks. Jesse ups it to no TV, no music for two weeks. Joey then raises the bar to no TV, no music, and no friends over for a month. DJ's, uh, of course, guilty about the whole thing and agrees with the punishment and how she took advantage of her, her dad's trust, Joey and Jesse, and even Stephanie's trust as well. So now um, that DJ is, you know, genuinely sorry, Jesse and Joey are feeling guilty for punishing her so harshly, but in my opinion, isn't that punishment isn't harsh enough. To be honest, I mean, she could have gotten herself or Kimmy kidnapped or anything could have happened. They, they went out into a public area with no supervision. I mean, you just don't do things like that when you're that age. You know, that's just not something you would do. I mean, I really don't think they should have been soft on her and because that was a very dangerous thing that she did. But uh, Jesse tells Joey that maybe they shouldn't tell Danny about all of this. And Jesse doesn't want to give Danny the impression that they can't take care of the girls, which, as we have talked about the last time, Jesse and Joey were left in charge of things and they got way out of hand. So they can't let Danny know that they can't handle it again. So Jesse and Joey go back over to DJ and tell her, which I don't think they should have done this. 
that they aren't going to tell Danny about what happened. So she thanks them over and over again. And then we have a small scene change at 18 minutes, 20 seconds. We see Jesse and Joey reading a book called The Bunny, the Ducky, the Turtle, and the Frog. So Danny then enters the house. Okay. I'm going to take a really quick short break because this is going to get good. So we'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Okay, so now Danny is home from L.A. Okay, now, like, you can feel the tension in this scene. You really can because, you know, Jesse and Joey have just told DJ that they're not going to tell Danny about what happened. Like, they just completely voided her punishment. Like, it's... It's all good, pretty much. So they all greet him, and Stephanie comes home from school. She's kind of like this wrench in the gears in this episode. So Stephanie comes home from school and greets her dad and says, DJ, you look so much better. So she's like the only one out of the loop. And the guys now look concerned that they said they wouldn't say anything, but they didn't factor in that Stephanie knew what she did about her being sick. Even Jesse pulls her aside and says to her, let's play a game called Let's Not Talk About DJ. Then Stephanie being Stephanie, she immediately turns around and asks everyone else if they want to play Let's not talk about DJ too. <laughs> okay, so she just blew the cap off this whole thing. So Danny is obviously now very curious, concerned, and surprised all at once. Danny asks why, and they tell him that she was a little under the weather, but they shipped her back off to school and everything is great. Okay, that's a straight up lie. Okay, until Stephanie comes back again and offers DJ all the work she missed while she was sick at home. Now, at least a portion of the secret is out and Danny now really knows they're hiding something and he now knows that they've just lied straight to his face and he wants an explanation right now. So she goes on, DJ sitting there on the couch, goes on to tell the entire truth in front of everybody, which I was like, wow. So she just accepted the fact that Joey and Jesse weren't going to say anything. She was super sorry and thankful that they had like forgiven her and there was going to be no punishment. But then when Danny comes out and he's like, I want an explanation for this, DJ just blurts it all out, like just comes out. Danny sends her upstairs and the guys try to leave too, but Danny calls them back like they're trying to escape this. Oh my word. Danny is clearly upset and is literally pointing his finger in their faces while explaining that he doesn't expect them to be perfect, but he does expect them to be honest. That's what I mean, because they went in there and they tried to hide it. Then they lied about it, and now they just sat there in silence while DJ literally spilled the beans in one foul sentence. I was like... (sighs) Danny even catches himself here, waving his finger around, and even questions himself. Like He's like, why am I waving my finger at you guys? 
he kind of clears the air with the guys and heads up to DJ's room. So he goes up into DJ's room. Stephanie's in there too. So Stephanie thinks it's time to go because she's like, well, lecture time, gotta go. And But Danny wants her to stay so she can learn from this lesson too. And she's like, I, I didn't do anything. And he's like, you will sit down and listen to this. Because, and I think this is a really good way to, I mean, the only problem I would find with it is, is embarrassing the one that's in trouble. You don't want to embarrass the one that, that's in trouble, but at the same time, you want the other child to see there's consequences for your actions. No matter how sorry you are, um, there is still going to be a consequence. And I think that, you know, Stephanie could learn from this and... And I think it's a great idea that he had her stay here in the room for this lesson. Um, Danny asks her, so this is kind of like uh, the, the heart talk, I would, I would say, in this episode. And uh, Danny is so good at this stuff. And as, as you've seen Full House through the years, there's pretty much a heart talk through every single episode. This one here is kind of here in this spot. Um, Danny asks her, why did you do this? And... She wanted an autograph and he's like, well, the worst part about all of this was that you were selfish. And even if it meant lying and hurting other people, which we all know that DJ isn't like this. That's what I mean when I say that Kimmy, you know, conceived this whole thing, inspired her to lie, inspired the story, inspired the plan, inspired the ride, probably lied to her brother, convinced her brother in some way to bring them there to begin with. And... I feel like Kimmy is like nowhere to be found here. Like Kimmy wasn't a part of the reasoning why DJ did any of this. You know, DJ didn't drop Kimmy's name once, one time when she told Danny the truth about all of this. So, I mean, I understand if she's trying to protect her friend, but at the same time, it was like all her idea, which is silly because... I don't know. Kimmy really should have brought been brought into this conversation, but she wasn't. Um, so she wanted an autograph and it meant lying and hurting others. So she then continues on to say that she's really, really sorry. And Danny tells her she's a lot better than what he saw today. So we all know that too. We know DJ's not usually like this. And, and it is crazy to see. You know, it really is this new side of DJ. And I mean, she's still kind of in this preteen stage. She doesn't really understand fully, like, what could have really happened. Her and her friend ditching school with fake excuses to go get an autograph and putting yourself out there in public at a young age is very, very dangerous. They got permission from nobody. You know, this was an age where nobody had a phone you know, it's very dangerous to do something like that. And I, and you know, it's interesting at the end of this, there's no actual, um, punishment given. There's no, because earlier Jesse and Joey's punishments, they were like, we're just not going to say anything at all. Like that kind of solidified the punishment was void, what they came up with. And because really Danny is her father, he's the one who should decide on her punishment. And at the end of this heart talk, they kind of just hug and that's the end of the day. And we don't even, she doesn't even get in, in like, 
have a have a punishment here, which is interesting. Um, they never talk about it. So that's pretty much what happens at the end. And guys, that is that is the episode. That is the episode. The end. Okay. Now that we're doing. I am so excited about this because this is, um, of course, our season finale, season finale. Yeah. And now we're going to go into just a few things I want to do. And um, we do have some guest stars for this episode. One main guest star. One. Just one. Okay. So we have Stacy Q as herself. I don't know. I don't know if y'all know this because I guess I'm a dummy and didn't like look this stuff up ahead of time, but I seen on the end credit sequence says Stacy Q as herself. I was like, excuse me, excuse me. So obviously I had to go on, on uh, Spotify and look her up to find out uh, if she was, if she was, she was a real singer, people. I didn't know this. I did not know this. And I feel really silly that I didn't know this before. But in 1988, which was the same year that this that this uh, episode aired, she released her album called Hard Machine three months before this episode aired. So here's a little bitty of trivia. The song playing in the very beginning of the episode is called Don't Make a Fool of Yourself. So that was one of the singles released from that album. And there's also a poster of Stacey Q by DJ's Bed. And I thought it was a very interesting song choice for this episode. The song, like I just said, is called Don't Make a Fool of Yourself. Yeah. She kind of ended up doing so throughout the episode, don't you think? How curious is that? We also have, she's not really a guest star. She's more like a recurring cast member at this point. We have Andrea Barber back as Kimmy Gibbler. So I am looking forward to seeing more of Kimmy in um, the next season. So yeah. I am excited, excited because season two, season two is coming along and next time is going to be episode one, cutting it close from season two. I cannot believe I've been able to keep this up for so long. You have no idea. I just wanted to, I just wanted to take a minute though to and thank all of you guys out there who are supporting me with this podcast and continue to listen month to month. I, I appreciate those out there too that have watched Full House as much as I have and have some really interesting thoughts and theories about the characters and the storylines. And it's so much fun for me to talk about. And I can't wait to really dive in here in, in season two because so much happens and I just... Ugh. So... One more small thing, um, sometime before the season two premiere episode, um, I'm going to take a little bit of time. It might be a little bit longer to get to episode one, season two, episode one, just because me and my mom have been talking about doing a complete season one analysis and talking about the characters and what we know about them so far. 
storylines that are a main focus throughout the series that kind of begin in uh, season one and also our favorite moments from season one as well. So you can rewatch it with me because that's what we're doing. We're going to be taking notes. We're going to be rewatching season one and we're going to do a complete episode on a recap and analysis of season one. So if you guys want to rewatch it with me and you can, you can um, email me full house questions, comments, or cool unknown trivia. You can contact me at fullhousepodcast01 at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on my Instagram at what's this full house and on Facebook at what's this full house edition podcast. As always, I am your host, Amy, and I will see you next time. The Full House Edition podcast has no affiliation with Full House or the Warner Brothers Studio. The views and opinions given by the participants are theirs and theirs alone, and do not represent the companies that they happen to work for. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.